Hello and welcome to the Uncapped Podcast, proudly presented by Roast House Pub, where elevated culinary creations meet a fresh, evolving craft beer selection, making it one of Frederick's unique dining destinations. Hi everyone, I'm your host Chris Sands, and today I'm joined by Paul Grenier, the co-founder and CEO of Mortalis Brewing. Thanks so much for joining me. Uh, happy to be here, man. We're excited. So I, actually I'm not, I mean, it was probably about two years ago, I think I was introduced Mortalis Beer. Um, the beer's amazing, but I also, I absolutely love the artwork. Like it's just so yes. clean and beautiful. Yeah, it's very, um, very angular. Yes. Uh, as far as the design work goes, like sort of following that star chart pattern throughout all of all of the designs uh we have a amazing team amazing company that does all of our artwork minus like maybe one or two labels ever put out uh, and that is the company called even odd creative they're a uh, a company based in uh rochester area graphics design but they also do some really like crazy stuff with recycled rubber with uh, creating them into backpacks and knife rolls and purses and wallets, just, you know, sort of recycle, yeah. reuse. So they're multi-talented for sure. <laughs> yeah, and I, I also, um, maybe we'll, we'll probably go into collaborations and stuff a little bit further on down, but I love how um, specifically the Hydra, like whenever you do a collab, it's, it, am I right that it's often the Hydra uh, brand that collabs yeah fall under everybody seems to they know that yeah. brand like when you hear hydra from mortalis you associate it with you know a fruit smoothie style beer so everybody everybody seems to know that brand really really well um we've done uh, plenty of other collabs that didn't involve hydra necessarily but when we do fruit especially collaboration wise we want to do hydra because Honestly, I love seeing what people do with the That's what I was gonna say on their end, which is super fun. Like, you know, we, we've got a collab coming out with Tripping soon, um, and we're going to do Puff the Magic Hydra. Oh, that's awesome. So <laughs> I can't wait to see the artwork for this. Uh, this should be really, really exciting. Um, but yeah, I love what like Imprint's done and uh, Fourscore like ben crushed it oh, that is um, with doing... one i love absolutely love the artist that he used philip pilgrim at art yes. nail on instagram uh but just the crush the it. four score blasty character riding the hydra drawn <laughs> cartoon style i love that label yeah yeah but the so lots of fun with that so people associate that they know that they know when they pick up a hydra can they have certain expectations about what it's going to be and what it's going to taste like. So we, we try to deliver on that mark all the time. And as far as recognizability, everybody knows that. So it seems a natural fit for when, when we want to do some, some fun stuff with a uh, collaboration. And I think the, that three headed dragon uh, logo on it, just it, it lends itself so well to other breweries putting their mark like their own spin on the art and making it look really cool too and it just adds an extra layer of the the coolness of the collab yeah that design right there when initially coming up with it i needed a way to have a vehicle to produce you know different different styles of different fruit smoothie style flavors 
but not have to change the label every single time, uh, which would have been a nightmare. And even Odd would have probably thrown us to the curb by that point. Like, <laughs> we can't design this many labels. So I needed a vehicle to transport that uh, quickly, accurately, and still add color to it. So that's where that concept sort of came about of changing the the way that the Hydra breeds based on the colors that are in the can of the fruit. So that that made the most sense was the quickest, easiest way to get that, to get that out there, especially when we started canning tons and tons of them, like every brewery did um, come, you know, with the start of COVID, like everybody swapped into canning right away. Which, and then I'm sure you probably thought it was a good idea then, but looking back on it, it's even more brilliant just because like that, became so recognizable and just it looks uh just so cool with the the all black very angular line drawn hydra with the bursts of color coming from them yeah really happy with it all right so i I jumped definitely way ahead from where i would normally start (laughs) uh so let's rewind a little bit um what were you doing before mortalis became a dream of what you wanted to do. Uh, I was a project manager for bed, bath and beyond for 24 plus years. I started with them for a long time, um, you know, through my twenties and everything. And uh, I got to see most of the country with them. Uh, I would travel around to different parts of Canada and the U S and build their stores like uh, bed, bath and beyond bye bye B Christmas tree shop that all fell under that umbrella. So I would project manage the crews that would go in and run and build the fixtures for those. So I got to see tons and tons of the country, which was incredible. I loved, absolutely loved that job. Nice. Loved it. It was an, it was a dream job. So for me, I, I, I don't want to sound like a, a pompous prick here, but like <laughs> I was so it, it was, it was really tearing because I had an amazing career. Yeah as doing that. And I love the job and I was good at it, but then you have this other love and it's like, Oh man, well, it's time for a time for a change in my life. And, you know, uh, so we went, we went down that road with the, uh, with the whole brew and Livingston contest. I actually just started working for Mortalis about a year ago, give or take, uh, we've been open for, this is going into our fourth year, but, um, I actually came on board full time about a year, maybe a year and a few months ago. That's I think you're one of the few people that I've talked to that absolutely loved what they were doing before they decided to open a brewery. Like that's often the, like the catalyst to escape doing something you don't want to do. So it's, that's it's kind of cool. Like that, you had such a passion for that. You gave up something you loved to pursue it. Absolutely. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, not a lot of people get to make that choice. Like you yeah. sort of said there, um, I was very blessed with that. I worked, I, I granted, I worked my way up from a temporary employee to a, to a corporate level guy, um, throughout that course of that 24 yeah. years. Uh, so I definitely did not start way up top. <laughs> definitely low man on the totem pole. But I guess it must be a great company to work for then if you were, were yeah. there that long. Um, yeah, I, I did it well. So and I think that also um, plays into like another thing I kind of find interesting with craft breweries is that that um, the difficulty of when someone who starts a brewery has like a really good job. 
and like trying to get to the brewery where it makes personal economic sense to be able to give up like a lucrative career to be able to work full time for the brewery. And so congratulations on reaching that level of success. Yeah. Well, thank you for that, man. It's definitely, uh, definitely a, a big accomplishment. Uh, I feel about it, uh, every day. I, I love this job. I love doing what I'm doing. I love communicating with people, getting our brand out there and, you know, working on all the different beers. And I just, really enjoy that, that human connection, uh, with all of our patrons and greeting and meeting more additional people and bringing them hopefully into more, the Mortalis fold. So how, what, um, got you into craft beer? What was that journey like? Uh, that actually probably starts with my brother-in-law and also a co-founder of Mortalis. Um, our wives, uh, sisters, and they are also co-founders of Mortalis. Uh, we would get together on the weekends and stuff and enjoy uh, enjoy craft beers, enjoy cocktails, all that fun stuff. And the sisters really wanted to hang out a lot together. And Dave and I had to sort of figure out a way to, we became friends pretty quickly, but then we're like, well, how are we going to pass this time? And Dave's like, well, hey man, I know I've brewed some batches of beer before. And, and I was like, oh, that sounds like fun. As like we're pounding <laughs> old schools and 90 minutes and, and, you know, tons of dogfish head beers and having a great time. And we did our first beer uh, and it came out horrible. It was absolutely the worst garbage you could have ever tasted. We didn't even crush the grains. <laughs> we were like, uh, huh, something's wrong here. So I've heard anyways, that that's an important and we were step. completely, oh yeah, no kidding. Like, <laughs> very important. Uh, and we were like, something's wrong here. Uh, perhaps we were too hammered at the time when we were doing this. Let's take a step back. Let's delve into it. And we brewed our second beer. We brewed, we brewed a uh, Belgian Trappel. Uh, and it turned out amazing. We had to bottle condition it because that's what you would do back yeah. then. Uh, and the second we had it, we after, after we waited and we did all the instructions and we researched it, and man, when you got to crack that first one, it was like heaven. <laughs> and we were like, "Oh shit!" So at that point, like poke like poker players, we basically went all in. We were building kegerators and keezers and investing tons of money, and we're like, "Screw this! We are not bottling, waiting on bottle condition anymore. We are just gonna go in full <laughs> bore and get kegging and CO two and figure all this." So it it became a, a hobby that became a love that became an obsession, basically. That's sort of the origin story, and we would do this right in my basement um, here in my garage. We would have tons of friends over. Uh, it's sort of how we met our other uh, owners in that process, which is really cool. So obviously we talked about the wives, uh, Missy and my wife, Gretchen. They're part owners of Mortalis. We have myself and Dave who are part owners. Then there's two more. Uh, one is my childhood friend who's a CEO or a C CFO, and uh, he is a lawyer full-time and Mortalis owner also full-time. So I don't know how he clones himself, <laughs> but... He's done it. And then we have our, our other good friend who got involved with the homebrewing process uh, named Josh. And Josh was homebrewing right around the same time we were. And we were sort of connecting through the community, through the beer community. Like, have you tried this? Have you tried this? And he tried some of our stuff. We tried some of his. And before I knew it, 
Josh was over here most weekends brewing all the time with us. And it was a very natural, organic fit, which is really cool because we were all into the same things. We were basically trying to emulate and mimic our heroes at the time who were putting out this crazy, amazing beers. And we're like, well, let's us try. I think we could do this. You know, so that's sort of the origin story. What was the first craft beer that you really love? Whoa, that's a great question. Uh, <laughs> I I mean, if we're talking old school, I was a huge 90-minute fan. I love the 90-minute um, double IPA there uh, from, from Dogfish Head. We've actually, I've gotten the chance, opportunity to meet Sam a few different times, which is really He's cool. He's definitely a we character. Participate, <laughs> yeah, participate in Extreme Beer Fest. Oh, nice. That was, that was a big deal. Um, but that's sort of what I, you know, those Jenny Lights, Jenny's big in this area. Okay. I'm not sure. I'm assuming Jenny's in Maryland, too. Uh, I don't think it's um, available so, in Maryland, but I grew up oh, in Pennsylvania, so I, I, I'm familiar. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you, you're yeah. well-versed in Jenny. So, yeah. I'm not. Jenny Cream Ale. Well, well aware of, of the the Genesee uh, branding of beers. <laughs> so yeah, that's sort of what we started started on. Obviously, we would go to all the the fun stuff like the um, Bourbon Counties, um, KBS Day. You know, all those things. We would hunt those down, chase those down, and then we would try to visit all of our all of our idols at the time, like these guys, like other half just putting out these crazy banger IPAs and lots of, lots of fun stuff, tired hands. We would go there um, and just amazing watching like Trillium, like expand and expand and expand and, and, and getting to try their stuff. So, and of course the, the Mecca Treehouse. <laughs> I mean, met so many fans and friends in that line that uh, it's too numerous to count. Honestly. Did you ever have a uh, squall? from dogfish head of i course. love that beer i wish they'd bring that it's back a, it's a it's a fun beer yeah. man it's a fun beer that was i was not i liked 90 minute ipa but it was never really one of my favorites but squall was like you bottle condition that beer it's amazing <laughs> yeah noble rot was another one like yeah that, that was the grape one you know bottle conditioning that was incredible I was, I love, we love dogfish head because they took these giant chances, massive chances, whether it was going to work or not. He was like, I don't give a shit. We're going to do this. And if it works, awesome. If it doesn't, we'll only brew it once. They were, (laughs) they, I mean, they definitely were putting crazy stuff in beer before it became popular. (laughs) Yes. Agreed. I said it's, it's out of the frame, but I have a Apra hop poster hanging on my wall (laughs) because That's such a great I, beer. I, I, I mean, that was, I, I was so sad when they stopped making because that was one of those seasonal beers. I always made sure I got some of it. I loved Aprahop. Well, I'll tell you, a massive highlight for us was our very first uh, festival that we got invited to was Extreme Beer Festival uh, back when it was in person. So we got the invite and we were like, oh shit, um, this is incredible. This is our first massive beer festival. What are we going to do? So we had come up with the idea to make a strawberry uh, cheesecake IPA, uh, sort of like a milkshake. And I think, I don't want to say this for a fact, but I think we were the first or one of the very first to ever put uh, cream cheese and cheesecake into a beer uh, because it had not been done Did before. you do like actual um, 
cream cheese and cheese or yes. so not the it was powder actually, that it was dehydrated dehydrated okay. cream cheese powder <laughs> and we would reconstitute it add it to the beer and uh, we made this uh strawberry um cheesecake milkshake ipa and i got to get it to sam which was and you know he's crazy dude like he's he's off the wall but watching his face as he drank a liquefied version <laughs> of a cheesecake was really awesome because i knew I knew nobody else was doing this. Yeah. And we were the first, and I could tell by the line that we had at EBF, like we had lines like guys like great notion or, you know, uh, uh, other, you know, all these other amazing breweries there like Kane and stuff. And, uh, we had a line that was massive and we were like, Oh shit guys. Oh man. We should have made more beer. <laughs> like, uh, we, we definitely ran out of beer and it was just really awesome to see a creative person like him try that for the first time and be, be blown away. And on the contrary, on, you know, on the flip side, we've also done some other crazy stuff that uh, really takes, you know, really takes people's minds and messes <laughs> with them. We've done a everything bagel double IPA. I'd, and I don't know <laughs> if I would like that. <laughs> well, we released it at Green City, our first yeah. trip to Green City. And, uh, you know, other half does all those beers like chicken and riggies and plates yeah. on plates and like these fake, fake food names yeah, yeah. or, you know, they don't actually taste like that. So when everybody saw everything bagel, they're like, oh, OK, cool. New York, everything bagel IPA. It's going to be like this super citra hopped, amazing, you know, double. Oh, <laughs> nope, no. it's a uh, it's an actual bagel. <laughs> yes, we, we went around and we found all the dankest oniony garlic hops we could find. We saved them up. Then we added cream cheese powder to it, changed the grain bill a bit, and added a tincture of um, everything bagel seasoning uh -huh. that we would boil up for a long period and add it to the beer. So you would have these insane reactions to when people tried it. They would grab it. You say, okay, here it is, everything bagel IPA. They'd be walking away from you as you poured it for them at Green City, and they would turn around and you'd get one of two things. It would either be, they turn around, they go, whoa, this is an everything bagel. This is nuts. Or they would turn around and go, gross, this is an everything bagel. What are you guys doing? And I feel like when you um, go that extreme, both of those are 100% valid responses. <laughs> I, loved, I loved both reactions, man. Both reactions. Well, let's take. It was there, it was there to, to push yeah. the boundaries and, and see what could be done. And coincidentally, we are going to bring it back oh, this nice. year. A very small batch. It has a cult following. <laughs> I'll so. have to try to get my hands on <laughs> some of that. Definitely won't make it to Maryland. I can tell you. Uh, but, I gotta, you know. I'll have to put some effort into trying to get some of that. That I don't. I don't know if I oh, like it, but I definitely <laughs> want to try it now. <laughs> sure. Uh, but let's take a real quick sponsor break, um, and then we get back. We'll yep. continue with the story of Mortalis's uh, beginnings. Uh, so we will be right back. Uncapped is brought to you by one of Frederick's original Maryland craft beer destinations, located off of Urbana Pike, featuring a warm, inviting atmosphere and knowledgeable staff serving up fresh, locally sourced culinary creations and unique craft beers on tap. Open seven days a week, our friends at Roast House Pub invite you to enjoy a casual lunch, happy hour specials, delicious dinners, and specialty desserts. Follow them on social media to keep up to date on their monthly beer dinners, on spaghetti dinner battles, and what beer is being featured for Buck Above Monday? Idiom Brewing Company proudly offers a delicious variety of beers to satisfy the most discerning tastes. 
best known for their wide array of IPAs, delicious fruited sours, and robust porters and stouts. Idiom has a simple goal in mind, to bring people from all walks of life together, to enjoy themselves and each other. Whether you're a hophead looking for explosively juicy IPAs, are one of the adventurous few looking to try boozy, sour, or complex flavors, or just looking to enjoy classic styles and seasonal favorites, they'll have a little something for you. Idiom Brewing Company is located in downtown Frederick, just south of the intersection of East Street and East Patrick Street, with ample seating directly on Carroll Creek. So actually, real quick, I'll tell a fast Sam story, because uh, I got to meet him at a conference I was at. And they did, I don't know if they still do them anymore, but they used to do the live streams on social media with Ask Dogfish. And he would answer questions that were sent in while they were. That was, those were really fun. So yeah. he did one live, um, first taking questions from us and then taking questions from social media. And someone asked him if there was ever an ingredient that he decided he could not use. And his answer was one of the best possible was that he doesn't like to think about that because the left side of his brain would be like, oh, man, there's no way we can do that. And then the right side would be, all right, shut the F up. That's what we're doing now. <laughs> so, so so he was like, pretty great. I think he came down to like bodily fluids would really be the that's where he <laughs> that's where he would draw the line. <laughs> <laughs> That, yeah, yeah, that's also an equally good answer. <laughs> so was, he's he definitely I, I'd love to have him as a guest at some point because he's sure. just uh, he's he's a heck of a character. Oh, yeah. You know, and he's he's got to get the gab so he can talk and yeah. speak with regular folks, you know, doesn't need to doesn't need to go way above and beyond. And then now he's big time. I don't know if he if he does. uh little podcasts anymore <laughs> um i don't know they got him for new york state's uh guest one of the guest speakers i believe so that's pretty cool for the brewers oh conference. nice yep so you, you got into homebrew brewing more and more turned into what i an obsession is that the word you used i think yeah i would definitely <laughs> qualify it as an obsession um and uh, we started, I, I can't take full credit for this, but what we started doing um, is sort of following in Red Bull's footsteps with their viral marketing. I would go around, we would bottle up tons of this beer, and we would go around and drop this beer off in these bottles for free with little descriptions to anybody that sort of contacted us via Facebook. We would roll around town, deliver these bottles, and all we were asking for was honest feedback. That's it. What do you think of this blueberry muffin beer that we put blueberry puree in and real blueberry muffins? Like, tell me about it. Well, you got any notes for us? Did you like it? Too sour, not too sour. What do you think of this IPA? What do you think of this crazy, you know, uh, raspberry lemon sherbet sour? Like, just give us honest feedback request. If I can get you bottles, I will get you bottles. And we sort of grew up a cult following like that. Red Bull did the same thing, but they just, they were just giving their product away. Here you go. Take yeah. it. Take it. Take it. Tell us what you think. And um, lo and behold, uh, a competition, a nationwide competition got thrust into our lap called the Brew in Livingston competition. It was held for nationwide for any breweries willing to open up a 
uh, any any potential breweries to open up a brewery in Livingston County, which and Livingston County, uh, for, as far as geography goes, is basically just south of where we currently all live in Monroe County. So it was pretty, I was like, okay, let's, let's give this a shot. And Dave sort of found this and then I latched onto it and we started this competition and it, we had about 75 entries or so all across the nation about people wanting to open up there. And the prize was they would select four winners and you would get a little bit of seed money, which, which was a, about a $30,000 grant, I believe at the time and a low interest rate loan to help you like a small low interest rate loan. And that's what got us started. We were selected as one of the winners. It was the funny part was the whole competition wasn't based upon anything to do with tasting your beer. It was solely a business plan competition. Oh, wow. And I spent many and many nights writing this business plan in the basement. Uh, had some help from the team and all. I actually consider one of the one of the greatest accomplishments of my life was writing this plan. It was. It came out really, really well. I spent tons of time on it. It was over 100 pages, um, and it was everything you would hope a business plan would end up being. And then they put us through the ringer to do some public speaking things, go to training courses on to hear other brewers speak. We had to do some live video stuff, and slowly but slowly over the course of six to eight months, they whittled down the competition, to, and we were one of the winners, one of the four selected as a winner. Uh, from from all 70 breweries that's kind of that's pretty cool so they basically they were just looking for people that would actually be able to run a successful business because there have yep. i mean there have been plenty of breweries that i think had good beer but still went under because that knowing how to run a business aspect wasn't in place yeah, and I, I was really thankful because we have such a crazy diverse team. Uh, Josh would work with uh, a company called Windstream, which was like a tech company. Uh, Dave was more of the construction background, construction project manager background. Uh, his wife would do um, construction manager, construction style books. My wife's a nurse. I was a project manager. Jay's a lawyer. So we have this crazy gambit of, all these different skill sets that the team is able to put into it to make this, to make it happen. So we were, we were really, really blessed, especially considering that we, we built like 99% of everything that was in our brewery <laughs> right now. Like we built it, we hung the stairs, we built the cooler, we did the grain room, we set up the brew equipment, you know, you name it. We were, we were in there, whatever we couldn't do, we would find, you know, electrician to help us yeah. with and plumbers to help us with. But, we were so very versed in it. Were all six of you involved from the very beginning? Like they came up yes. with the idea of opening, and were, were there from the yes, nice. Yep, absolutely. Where did the name come from? Mortalis is uh, that's a great story. Mortalis is the Latin word for mortal, um, and. For us, beer is always about human connection, and it always has been about human connection, more so than the actual, you know, anything else that's involved with it. So Mortalis sort of came about because it was it was like we wanted a way to foster uh, a, one of the best ways to foster a good human connection or a good mortal connection is over a beer. It sort of breaks down those walls and lets lets people ease into conversations and, and talk with each other as real humans. Uh, and that's sort of where the concept came from. 
in the a lot of your uh beer names come from mythology is that just yep. one of you are really into that or like what where well where you did know, that the gods come from okay so no great question um why why go that road well we figured that you know the gods and goddesses while they'll live on forever in the stars we as mere mortals have a really short time on this planet a short time to you know share our our hopes and dreams and share a beer with somebody and share that connection so while those guys might be watching down on us we got to take advantage of this time and just go full bore and uh and try to make those connections and and live live that life that's very cool the thanks man when you opened were is that what you opened doing like the hydras and or was that like or, hydra hydra came about uh during our opening uh not like right away but like really mm-hmm. fast after i'd say maybe within four months we started doing hydras we and I'll pay homage to guys like uh, on Bowie and the answer. Um, we started tasting some of the answer stuff like right out of the gate. And it was one of those like Memorex blow your hair back uh, <laughs> scenarios in the chair. And um, we were like, holy shit, we want this. And we're like, well, we ain't got no time to go drive down the answer or, you know, go do any of that stuff. So we started making it like right then. So, we we I think it came about in you know like within the first like four months of us opening and then we had then we went through a long struggle of how the hell do you serve it in the draft room how the hell do you package yeah. it like we don't know any you know like we know that this tastes amazing so you were clogging a lot of draft shit, lines man. oh you better <laughs> believe it we went through I mean between employees shaking kegs and <laughs> and oh, expanding the dra- it was a nightmare it was a total nightmare till you get it figured out and you know you're on the cusp you're one of the pioneers that's doing this not like the original guy we'll yeah. say or a couple of breweries but they're none of those folks are going to help you like learn this crazy amazing thing so you got to go out there and experiment and learn it on your yeah. own uh, and that is one of the things that we did for sure. Who who do you credit for starting that trend? Who do, who do you think it were the firsts? It's kind of hard I to pinpoint. Fir- I want to say, I want to say the answer. I okay. really do because I With I think bomb, that he was the originator. The bomb crawler or the dynamite crawlers or what, whatever they. You got it. You got it. Um, I know that the veil put out some stuff you know, pretty early on with the, the never, never forget, forget sign of style of stuff. Um, and then like, I figure like there's a lot of second wave guys, um, like myself imprint, um, Kings out of Mm -hmm. California. We all started gravitating 450 North started putting out a ton, you know, and it, it, it all came about like very quickly for the second wave. And then we got laughed at by all the third wave people. (laughs) And they were like, oh, this isn't beer and blah, 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 blah. I'm very crotchety. <laughs> and, uh, and we're like, you know what, man? Uh, we're having fun with this and beer's supposed to be fun. And if you're not having fun, that's on you, dude. Um, so we're going to keep doing what we're doing and stay positive and stay focused. And you can take your criticism and just, you know, we'll circular file that. You know, we don't really need that. Um, so we stayed very positive and stayed very focused on, on learning how to package it, learning how to, 
deal with hiccups with it and problems with it. And, uh, and we sort of went that went down that road. Uh, but as far as crediting it, I, I give a lot of credit to the okay. answer. I think that they're the top pioneer. Um, but so many guys came out like immediately after like the, the handful of guys that I mentioned there, at least I'm sure I missed a few. Trust yeah, me. I mean, Burley um, was definitely very early on Burley. Yep. Um, yep. We just did a beer with those guys. Really awesome folks. Uh, we're going to release our collab in a month or two. Uh, but they just released one and it did really well for them. So we're, we're stoked. Uh, but yeah, they're one of those, again, one of those guys. Um, and, and how can I forget, you know, um, RAR. Yeah. Right. RAR started getting involved in it. So it sort of happened like, who are you trading for? Oh, I'm <laughs> going to trade for an answer. Oh, like, well, we got something we could trade for that here. <laughs> Take this, you know? And, and then everybody started passing them all around. Well, whichever ones didn't explode in the mail, they were the <laughs> they would get there uh <laughs> yeah i just put some stuff in the mail today that i saw like um <laughs> how warm it's well i guess it's still it's not getting that warm but it i started up here it's not but right? here it was it's still gonna be in like the 70s <laughs> and i was like uh hopefully oh it makes it fine especially since it's taking so well, long <laughs> i'm really thankful I'm, I'm very thankful for learning our process and um and just going through all the steps of of making it shelf stable and and increasing the longevity yeah. of it like that that took a while that was not learned overnight by any means well i mean i and i don't think you're alone in that journey it it only seems like in the last really few months where there are way fewer um pictures posted of exploding cans or uh, it's true. So it, it it is good that um, everyone seems to be figuring out a better the better procedures on how to yeah keep from a lot of different and more the, the more you collab. I know you wanted to talk a little bit about yeah. collabs for us. It was um, we have we have a really basic foundation for doing collaboration. It's number one, can we build brand off of it? Uh, like, will it increase our brand mm -hmm. working with folks like that? Number two. Can we learn anything from it? Uh, meaning like, hey, uh, I just work with these guys. They're having a stability problem and we helped them with that or they helped us with that. And lastly, the last one, and maybe even the most important, are they fun and cool to hang out with? So if you meet any of those three criteria, um, that's awesome. Like more than happy to collab and, and, and work with folks like that. And if you meet all three, wow, <laughs> that's like a, a long-term that's like a lifelong friendship right there. Dream come um, true. <laughs> for sure. So um, when you, and, and we'll definitely get into collaborations a, a little bit more, but I want to, when you opened, uh, what size brew house did you open with? Same size okay. we have right that, now. That would have been the follow-up question. It's a five, five, five okay. barrel brew house. So you're doing all of this with a five barrel brew house. Yeah, we've expanded uh, 500% in tank storage since the day that we opened um actually dave will dave will do numbers on me he'll be like no it's actually 519 <laughs> and i'm like i'm like okay man fine you can have your point nineteen. uh and um <laughs> and and we're still on that five barrel brew house and i honestly don't expect us to move too much beyond that believe it or not because of the, the honestly one of the biggest fears people have is when they expand or 
or go in, there's this giant learning curve. Like we were to try to throw in a 20 barrel system there. Um, and we would have this massive learning curve and I don't want to do that. Like, especially when I feel like when the, you, of- when the further you push the extremes of what you're doing, like outside of we'll, we'll say normal beer in air quotes, um, that scaling up probably becomes more difficult, right? Yeah, thankfully we gotten the chance to learn it from because we have three sets of tanks there. We have fives, we have tens, and we have twenties. So generally speaking, we'll we'll follow that order. Get it right on the fives, make adjust, put it in the tens, release it, make adjustments, then it's finally ready to go into the twenties. And that's sort of the 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 way that we flow that stuff. Like and popularity, of course, yeah. too. Folks really love Cerberus. We're going to give them Cerberus and we're going to learn how to do it in a 20 barrel as fast as possible and, and, and make that same quality beer that we had in the five. What's nice is that we still are on the same system. So all the boiling, the mashing, all of that stuff is still all happening on our original kettles and and things. Although I bet your brewer would love to hear that you're getting a larger system. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they probably hate us right now. Right now we're trying to just get a, a draft room open uh, later this year because uh, we closed down our draft room in COVID mm-hmm. at the start of COVID. We didn't even reopen it back up until, um, you know, almost two years later. And when we closed it down, I we ripped out the bar. We ripped everything out because we had to make room for all the tanks. Yeah. So, like, there was no tap room to go back to, like, after we destroyed, you know, ripped it all out. <laughs> My father and I, we welded up the bar. He taught me how to weld on that thing. It took us, like, you know, uh, uh, three, four months to, to weld it up and get it all right. And uh, it took me and Dave about three, four hours to rip it all out. <laughs> and I'm like, well, what are we going to do? It was either it was either expand and learn how to package everything yeah. for COVID or it was die, basically. And we were like, this isn't going to happen. Like, we have a dream here. We need to figure out how to do it. And we need to keep keep everything going. Um and that's we double down on ourselves basically uh, to expand tanks, learn how to can, learn how to bottle. Like these are not things that we had any experience in. We had to figure all this out on our hand, on our own with all with our friends. Thankfully, we had some friends that would that would come in and help us in various breweries um, to to learn some of that. Were stuff. you canning pre-COVID at all, or were mobile canning? Okay. We weren't doing it ourselves. So, are, which in early on in COVID, did you buy a you bought a canning line? better believe it that was one of the big things that we we went with yep that's um and and a bottler too not not like you know the guys are using the blickman beer guns (laughs) to bottle their beers like no we need like a really nice bottler um so we bought one of those as well um and just just reinvested everything that we had sort of gotten um early on and i am mega thankful there's some breweries out there that never got that start that we did prior to COVID like they never had anything established. Um, and they're, they're going into COVID they're open for like two months. They're like, yeah, we're doing awesome. And then COVID comes. It's like, Oh shit, we're shutting down the world. <laughs> and we're like, Oh, well these poor guys never got a chance yeah. to get off the ground. I am super thankful. We at least got to celebrate a year and a half in business prior to that hitting. Um, but I mean, if, everybody had to sort of pivot at that point. Like, how do we do package? How do we get it out? How do we reinvest in ourselves? Let's get more tanks and, 
get it going. And, and for all intents and purposes, we had some pretty long lines that summer of 2020 because, you know, nobody could go out. Nobody could do anything. Everybody was very scared and nobody knew what the hell was going to happen, but they knew one thing. They knew that if the world's going to hell in a handbasket, I'm going to have enough beer on hand. (laughs) I'm doing it drunk. Period. Yes. You better believe it. Right. I can't deal with this sober. So I've, um, one thing I I've noticed that there is a guaranteed quick way to get people excited at a beer festival. It's when the mortalis people break out their bottles. (laughs) Uh, people do love those mags, man. They love the mags and the three liters and, and stuff. And they're, they're really fun. We actually started a, imprint gave us some of these mini kegs oh cool and those are like super cool to mess around with too so we fucked around with some of that at like a snally gasker oh, nice. and a few other places but we always love bringing special stuff man it's just it's just a, it's just a ton of fun interacting with those with those those folks and uh just giving giving them something unique maybe something they haven't tried before you know well it was it was a mortalis magnum was the first time i ever had a barrel aged heavily fruited sour <laughs> oh awesome <laughs> and it was awesome. delicious <laughs> that's awesome. i think it was i think it was aged yeah, in was a, a rum a, barrel is that does that sound right yeah that was probably treant yes that was yeah, probably yeah, treant. It was treant. um uh and uh yeah that's a new series on our part we sort of took a page out of corporate ladders book who is good friends of ours and we did a collab with them and they started doing these barrel aged fruited sours and you're like well you know what we have we have this amazing base and we love barrel aged mm-hmm. stuff so let's get in here guys and um we worked with those guys for our first one and now we have a series that we're trying to basically do every once a quarter we're trying to put out but we're trying to find the right vehicle for it too because it ain't bottles. I can tell you that. Like, we don't have a great luck with the bottles. So we might be going back to cans on that format and uh, and seeing how folks perceive it and how, what they like about it. Um, but we love doing them because I love the, the tiki culture. Yeah. That that whole thing is a special place in my heart. I, I went to bartending school way many, many moons ago and uh, just love mixing up tiki drinks. And this was like such an easy fit. Uh, for for doing some of this stuff and it was like wow we got to do rum barrels and and bourbon our next one's going to be our next one is apple brandy and cherry brandy and we're combining that and we're going to do a take on almost a poison apple style tiki drink which i'm very excited to try um and sort of mess around with that stuff so it's it should be really cool lots of fun man and i don't see a lot of folks doing those barrel aged fruited sours and I think I mean that was the first time I had ever way. seen it, um, and I yeah. don't know that I've had any other ones. Yeah, like I said, I, we basically only really know Corporate Ladder that's yeah. that's doing the, that style of stuff. I'm sure there's a few yeah. out there that it's, haven't really hit the hit the mega marketplace, but they're a ton of fun to do, um, and um, you know the process is similar, a little bit different. We do a lot of work with tinctures for those, which is kind of cool um so yeah it's it's definitely on our radar and we're going to keep up with the series let's take um uh one more real quick sponsor break and then when we get back uh, let's learn a little bit more about mortalis so we'll be right back i buy my beer at district east in downtown frederick maryland they have an amazing selection of local and hard to find beers and i love the option of making my own mix and match custom six-pack 
District East is on Northeast Street in Frederick in the same shopping center as Showroom Restaurant and Rockwell Brewery. Most weeks they have over 950 beers in stock. Check out this week's selection at www.districteastbeer.com. Are you planning on having custom glassware made for your business? Glassware availability for 2022 has already reached capacity, and it looks like costs will predictably rise this year. Don't worry, ACS Brand My Beverage has you covered with over 6 million units of the most popular glass styles exclusively in their inventory to meet your branded glassware needs right now. Lock in today's lower prices and take immediate delivery, or ACS will store your product for you until you're ready. Email sales at brandmybeverage.com or visit brandmybeverage.com to reserve your glassware. McClintock Distilling is Maryland's first and only certified organic distillery, handcrafting gins, whiskeys, vodkas, and cordials from non-GMO organic ingredients in downtown Frederick. Named the best vodka distillery in the country by USA Today, best gin in the world at the International Spirits Competition, and double gold at the World Spirits Competition for bourbon, rye, and gin. Open now for tours, tastings, and classes. Come sample the most awarded distillery in Frederick today. So are you looking to rebuild a tap room at your current location, or are you looking at like other locations to open a tap room? Great question. Um, right now, our tap room at our current location is open, but it's very small. We seat maybe about 20 to 25 to 30 people tops. Mm-hmm. And that's really small because before we were doing 80 to 100, give or take, um, patrons in there. And we have an outdoor area, but obviously you don't want to go using that yeah. right now with uh, 10 feet of snow on the ground. <laughs> and um, I'm sure there's some so people up there more. that would be willing to. But the <laughs> Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. So the vibe is cool if you don't mind drinking close to tanks and, you know, that type of stuff. And we got some decent music. We got some draft on. And it's, it's a fun vibe, but it's not quite what it was prior to covid uh we the we are looking at a new place um i'm gonna knock on wood uh but we're hoping for the end of summer early fall and it'll be in the city um so not in livingston county it's going to be more in in monroe county um and i would i would love to announce the location once we sign the paperwork for it I don't. I don't like announcing and like officially announcing yeah, there, until we actually. There's have no that faster way to make something not happen than to talk about it before it's. <laughs> there's no no returning. <laughs> oh yeah, hundred percent on that. <laughs> how um how far away from Niagara Far- Falls are you? Um, we are probably about an okay. hour to an hour and fifteen. My yeah. wife was recently asking me if we could go there this summer and. Oh, what an excellent way. Yeah. <laughs> because you come up, you come up straight through to hitting like Rochester area, yeah. and then you can shoot left over to Buffalo. So I think I may um just helping you plan your route. I think I may agree to that trip as long as we're allowed to make um <laughs> detours. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I don't know. I don't We'd know what made there. her want to go there, but that was that was on the her The falls are cool. Yeah, I mean I've, the falls I've been are there. Cool, it just it's cool. of like it's just like typically she comes up with more grandiose trips for us to go on. Like I just, (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, you gotta you gotta give everybody a little bit of time, man. Everybody's still in COVID shock. I feel yeah. So like they're they're like, is it safe to go out? Like, what's gonna happen? You know. So I, I may. Uh, so people are people are coming out now. I may agree things, to things that are for this really summer. big. I'll swing. Yeah. Um. So it sounds like you were solidly a beer geek and chasing uh, whales before Mortalis opened. Hunt- Hundred percent. So, what was um, the one collaboration that you've gotten to have that, like, you were like, "Man, I really got to make this happen," and like, it was a dream come true to be able to do a beer with them. Oh man! Uh, I mean, I'm sure there are wow. many, but like, what was the first? Like, yeah, and then the second I give yeah. up that answer, it's gonna be like, "Oh wow." <laughs> You didn't think we were the coolest guys to work with? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> well, we'll even quantify was... it. Like, where there is, I have had tons of amazing guests on, like, and plenty of people that I've been ecstatic to have on. But um, having the founders of Trogues on was like a big deal for me because that was one of the first craft beers I absolutely loved. There were definitely guests I've had on that were probably a bigger deal to have them as guests but like that one made so much meant so much to me because like they were made some of the first craft beers i fell in love with yeah i mean there's certain guys that when we work with they make you feel like you're home um they they're just really really special folks they they make they make everything easy um, there's other guys that you can go gaga over. Like these are like my icons that I wanted to brew with for forever. I was standing in their beer lines yeah. and thankfully we've gotten to do and, 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 and make those type of things happen. But if I was to single one out, I actually go a different road. Um, I'm sure you're familiar with vitamin C yeah. brewing company. Correct. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, and um, yeah, Dino and Mikey are awesome. Yes, yes, they are. Well, Dino, the reason why I'm going to bring these guys up is because Dino and I sort of started out in the same homebrewer group. It was called the uh, the Treehouse Homebrewers Group, and it was a Facebook group. And um, Dino was doing you know really amazing things. We were doing really amazing things. We just happened to get off the ground a little bit sooner than he did. So, but he was like so shortly behind us and he had already built up this massive following as well because he had people coming to his house, getting beers from his basement, very similar to what, what we were doing. Yeah. And we're, we're all, we're like all kind of coming up at the same time. And I consider us like more third wave, third wave of craft beer potential, uh, you know, third wave brewers, I would say. So it was, it was harder for us to break through being a third waiver. Um, so getting to work with Dino, um, was really, really fun. It was nice chatting about those, you know, those uncertain times when we were just trying to figure so much stuff out in Facebook groups and, you know, how do you do this? And, you know, everybody's trying to clone Julius and it's like, you know, well, okay, where are you at with this? And we would talk. And so that was a really cool moment of revisiting that, uh, as a, as both professional brewers. 
I mean, I could give you tons of other stories about who we've gotten to work with and how special those things have been with, like I said, with people making you feel at home or with getting to work with some of your icons, but this was a more unique experience. So that's the one that I would, I would tend to focus on because I, it, it, it brought me genuine happiness yeah. to see him doing well and, and know we were doing pretty well and then coming together on a cool project. What is one brewery that you would absolutely love to do a collab with that you haven't had an opportunity with yet? Uh, Trillium. Nice. Good answer. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I just such a fanboy of, uh, of what they're doing so early on. And um, watching them like sort of grow into this like conglomerate, you know, just this massive like entity where they've got farms and they've got like, you know, awesome like places where you can go get the beer at, at multiple different locations and different breweries and, and everything like that. Um, they're so big and they employ so many people. Um, I would love to, you know, work with them, pick their brains on some stuff like Cause you're always looking to like, how do you, how do you grow your brand? How do you, how do you also make really good beer and make it, how do you grow your business? Uh, how do you, how do you not lose um, where you started from while making this giant leap? And I don't think Trillium did. I think that they kept it all always like through and through. I think that they kept their brand well looked after and the quality of their beer looked after and like, that's like unheard of, yeah. in, in my opinion. I've seen so many guys stumble when they get so big. Um, so yeah, I would love to pick pick their brain and 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 do something with that. I do hear that that's a, a very long road, though, as I've been told. <laughs> There's probably a long uh, line. To, 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 it's a very long <laughs> line. Yeah, uh, it was it was really awesome though, getting to work with um, another friend, another hero of ours, which was uh, Evil Twin. Um, getting to work with Epa. That was like crazy fun. I always, I always like want to go, want to go work with, with, the, with those, with those folks. He's, he's just an amazing guy. Does Trilly even, do they, do they do that many collaborations? Pretty sure I've definitely seen they're, some, but it doesn't seem like they do a ton. I believe that they're second wave. So like, if you look at like first wave, like you look at like dogfish head and, you know, Sam Adams and stuff like that. Uh, and then you look at second wave, which is like other half Trillium Vale, you know, all those guys that were starting up those breweries lines that we were standing in, they tend to gravitate and work with each other a lot. Yeah. Very rarely do they bridge that gap to that third wave brewer almost, you know, to folks like, you know, Dino or myself or, um, you know, some of the other guys that are, are out there and, and doing cool stuff like right now. So, yeah, they've worked with like the veil. They worked with evil twin before they've worked with, um, they, you know, a fair amount of other folks. Mm -hmm. Um, but not us yet, you know, <laughs> yet. but Hey, there's all, there's always room to grow. There's a, what, what, what do they do that would line up with, uh, Hydra, like a Hydra meal? Uh, there's... no, that I would think if I was to pitch it, I would definitely go, uh, twice your daily Hydra. Oh, that's what like daily. Da that's what daily servings, yeah, I, right? Servings, yeah. Servings is what I was. I was trying to uh, came up with meal instead of serving, but yeah. Or we can always go big stout. I always love going big stout too. Big yeah. stout's always so fun. Um, if we can usually talk folks into you know work with folks on a hydro collab, 
an IPA or a stout usually follows shortly after because uh, we we love just doing barrel aged stouts and and big pastry stouts and they're just so much fun. I mean, you can have just as much fun with those type of beers that you can have with hydro. I mean, those those are the two things that you're like really known for, right? Is the stouts and I mean, I think front and center uh, fruity yeah. beers. And the, the funny part is. Uh, what we were brewing in the basement here was IPA <laughs> and that's still my favorite style to deal yeah. with. I still our favorite. We've come a long way in a short time on our IPAs. Like just recently, I'd say within the last three to four months, our quality of our IPAs went drastically up uh, and we learned a ton of information. We got to work with, you know, really guys that are doing some amazing IPAs like Fiden's. Uh, those guys are good friends of ours. And when you're, when you, when you make those friends, you can ask those tough questions like, Hey man, like, what am I doing? What's going on here? Like, I I don't have this type of flavor that you have. Like, here's my process. Can you help me? And if you're good enough friends with those people that you're working with, um, they're going to help you and they will, they will do your best. And boy, oh boy, soon after that, and we did some book reading and, heavy book reading and lots of cliff notes and, and experimentation. And then before you know it, like within the last four months, three to four months, they've like skyrocketed in quality. Like I love drinking our IPAs now. They're like, Oh man, like I, I gravitate towards them. My fridge actually has them in there now. Like had one last night again. (laughs) The descriptions of the ones you have right now sound good. Yes. Oh, yeah. You even do a Hefeweizen. Yeah. Uh, that's actually part of um, that's part of our 8-bit series. So, you know, when we were brewing in the basement here, we would love to do stuff like Irish Reds, mm-hmm. Hefeweizens, uh, Pilsners, and things like that. And um, we wanted to get back to the roots a little bit. And that's where we sort of came up with the untapped profile of 8 Mortalis 8-bit. Sort of like, you know, scrub scrub it clean of all the different weird craziness and if you're going to put an adjunct in just put it in lightly and try to make the core value of the beer shine instead of trying to go over the top to you know push the limits this is the direct opposite it's it's more delicate it's more refined it's more trying to stay traditional and true to a style with a small mortalis spin mm-hmm. um so we, we we put it under 8-bit because that's really cool we didn't want folks like <laughs> If you do, if you do that stuff, you know, if you get more talus, you're like, oh, it better blow my hair back, man. <laughs> like, it better be the craziest shit you ever did see. And like, well, that's fun. But we also like doing some traditional styles. And I think those are marks of good brewers, of a good brew team, like to be able to do those those Pilsners and those Hepavisons and things like that and and work on those. And as we have our as our draft room opens up, we're going to be focusing a little bit more on those as well. Because people love to drink them. When you walk into so many of these different draft rooms right now, I gravitate towards lagers and IPAs. Like, I can't have 15 fruited sours. That was going to be uh, one of my questions. So are you guys all there drinking Hydras? Or do you have 30 30 packs of High Life that you're hitting? (laughs) We dive into giant Hydra tanks and drain them. You know, with a giant straw. No, no, absolutely not. Um, we definitely do drink hydras, um, but uh, the traditional styles like a lager, or, you know, uh, that type of stuff are always fun. So we drink a big gambit. Like, I don't want to say like, 
I've, I've run into some of these breweries and the guys don't even drink their own product that it's like, Oh man, like that's a, that's a bit of a bummer because <laughs> all I see is like macro lagers and macro lagers are fine. It's just, you know, drink the gambit. If you make it, drink it. Yeah. Like, I hope you, I hope you're going to drink it. Uh, I hope you're enjoying what you do. Lupus. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce that second word. Solitarius. Uh, Solit- yeah. Secularius. Yeah. That sounds really good. Oh, it's, it was awesome. It turned out great. Uh, I was away for vacation the other week and I came back to the brewery over the weekend. I was like, I'm going to grab some lupus while I'm out there. And then we're sold out. <laughs> I'm like, son of a, are you kidding me, man? Couldn't have saved like, you some? Me? You think you'd know someone? No, please, <laughs> please. Cause I don't, I don't necessarily work from the brewery every day. I have a lot of meetings mm-hmm. that I take at the brewery. Um, but uh, some of our other owners sort of are managing that. I'm, I sort of filled the role of, um, uh, whatever Mortalis needs, that's what I'm going to do. Other duties as assigned. I will do anything that it needs. <laughs> so right now, that's heavy distro for me. Lots of distribution work, lots of ordering and recipe creation and stuff like that. Um, and and that's a lot of what I do these days. And it takes a tremendous amount of work to get licensed in all these different states and, you know, um, colas and, yeah. you know, taxes and everything like that. So this is a lot of a lot of currently what I'm so doing. So when will uh, I hope to have when it. will we be getting our next shipment in Maryland? Uh great question. I am thinking probably spring. Okay. I'm thinking spring. Yes. When I'm going to talk to those folks and when you when you get the uh, your tap room uh, fully reopened to pre-pandemic levels, is that going to shrink back how much you're going to be able to put into distro or did you expand tank wise enough that very smart man (laughs) uh (laughs) yeah you sort of figured out that big secret there that yeah i think for a while it's going to greatly reduce what we send out in distro well i'm i'm absolutely hopeful for um because i would much rather pour it on draft in-house and much rather have an environment that people want to come back to to have have great food and 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 you know enjoy the tap room and see all these people back in person. And I love distro. I put my life into distro over the last year and a half. Yeah. And it's it's awesome. And I built the connections. So what'll happen is we'll stabilize on draft eventually once we get open. We'll stabilize and then there is some room for expansion still. Okay if we're able to close Avon down completely and we can build up more tanks in there and then get back to distro levels a little bit more easy. Um, but again, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to a little bit of a break maybe when <laughs> fingers crossed when the tap room does open and, uh, and I can, you know, really, really have people enjoying that beer on draft. It's, it's gotta be one of those things where it's great to see people all over the place enjoying your beer, but there are just so many advantages to selling it through your own tap room, like from the yeah. just one, the, the aspect of the community, uh, you have control 100% of how your beer is handled. And then I mean, business wise, it's, it's way more profitable. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. So I mean, we've we've definitely taken hits when it, you take big hits when it comes to distro, unfortunately. But, um, you do get some advantages with distro, and that a little bit of that is um, 
if I get to, I try, I try to focus on the positive. So uh, the positive of that is you get real good feedback. You get honest feedback. Um, some places are not so ready for our beer yet. <laughs> and we, we have figured out a few places that are not ready for our beer, but you're getting this awesome feedback. Like, and it's so different than what these other folks get who are still just selling out of their tap room. They're selling out via their tap room. They don't distro anywhere. And, you know, they've got like 10,000 check-ins and, and that's all great and wonderful. That's great that the local folks love you and everything like that. But those numbers sometimes when you're looking at untapped can be a little inflated because nobody only like the people in the city get your beer, like seriously. And then, then a few beer trades, like that's not, that's not accurate data. If we're able to perform where we are and people are enjoying our beer all over the country and all over the world, that's good data. Yeah. And we have a lot of that now. Yeah, there's definitely uh, um, a hometown curve that things will get rated on if you're if you're only getting yep. uh, feedback from the very close to you. Yes. Um. What uh What else do you have uh, planned new for this coming year? Or uh, we are in the process. We have done a festival for the last three years one was in person then we had remote and then we did another one in person last year and it started out pretty small uh with just us and our partner brewery which is Swiftwater brewing and we do a luau over the summer and this is the first year that i'm i'm putting in a ton of effort with my team to make this a national festival we've got the venue it's a wonderful venue it's going to be about five six hundred people and now I'm about to call in all these favors. <laughs> and what I mean by that is we have gone and busted our hump doing all these folks festivals, yeah. having a great time, growing brand, getting out there and seeing people. But guess what? The Piper's calling <laughs> and it's time to time to help us out. All right. So there's going to be a blanket invite to all our friends that we've collaborated with. And it's going to go out here within the next two weeks. And hopefully they're going to be able to come up and send some beer. I can tell you tell you that the venue for the Luau is right on the beach. Uh, and it's just, it's incredible. I know they're going to have a good time because I know what I look for as a brewer yeah. when I go to these things. I look for my goodie bag. I look for private restrooms. I look for the things that make a brewery event special to the brewers. Things that we just, you know, after you're traveling out on the road for so long, like man, that high life that they set aside for us in the in the special <laughs> area there that saved my life, man. Uh, you know, like yeah. I I really needed that or those those bottles of water that they they set out for us that was huge. Uh, so we want to make that a very brewer hospitable hospitable event. That's going to be on July second of this year. Invites again going out here shortly. That is I around really when my wife wants to go up to uh, Niagara Falls. Maybe if this, if uh, you come up that weekend, your tickets July on me. Second, okay. This is. I tell you what, you, she, you just you come she up. May, she may she may get her wish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come see us on Saturday. Uh, enjoy the festival. Go to Niagara Falls on Sunday. Yeah. Monday's a holiday. Yeah. So there you go. Like, this is winning. <laughs> when um when should people look for tickets to go on sale? 
uh probably within the next month or okay, two so just- i would say probably about two months tickets will go on sale we'll finalize the breweries and everything over the next two months uh and see who's gonna who see who's gonna come and um and party with us and uh hopefully hopefully we can get quite a few quite a few folks we're looking to get about 25 to 30 breweries for the 500 yeah. we've been to a lot of festivals recently that have had like 60 70 breweries for like 500 people it's like <laughs> Man, that's like too many breweries for a small amount of people. Um, so we don't want to send these guys home with beer. Yeah. Like, no way. Like, I want that beer poured at that festival. So let's get the right amount of people and the right amount of attendance and the right amount of breweries. So we're going to navigate that a little bit um, and and put our heads yeah, together and I, try to um, figure that out. But we- I got to meet Josh at the uh, Barrel Culture Invitational, which oh, definitely awesome. was not a short trip. Uh, for 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 you guys um no. but that uh that is an amazing festival from like yes. so, like seeing it from the standpoint of like just someone attending and then also like br- brewers attending to it like the accommodations they put in place for them like you were talking about like i don't think they had high life there but there was in the brewers area a keg of pbr and nice. um you know, I, I, and I think it's because it's in your blood. Josh was mixing PBR with um, uh, into empty, uh, partially empty Sunny D bottles. To <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm guessing that's just a Mortalis thing. You guys can't help yourself from putting uh, fruit. Wow, in <laughs> that is actually the first time I've heard that, but. I'm excited to run out to the grocery store and try that. I am. Um, so, I think I've. I'm always up. For I'm the almost experiment. positive I have pictures of that. I'll send them to you. <laughs> That's pretty great. <laughs> well, the, the keg was kind oh, of foamy, God. so he was he was filling uh, Sunny D bottles. Hey, with, <laughs> so. He's definitely he's definitely a bit of a MacGyver. That's for sure. So. That's that's the home brewer tinkerer yeah. in in all Problem of us. Solving. You know, we'll, we're gonna fix it. We're gonna make it work. You want your PBR? You're gonna have some orange juice in it too. <laughs> <laughs> it's adjuncted PBR. Yeah. It's great. And it was. Better, it, we it better, was better shut down that podcast. PBR is gonna be putting yeah. that out next week. It was. Uh, it was surprisingly good too. I bet. <laughs> <laughs> um so people i i i'm assuming probably instagram is the best place for people to follow along to see that that announced yeah we do the instagram and the facebook we are on twitter but we don't really we don't really dabble a ton in twitter I don't think any. uh mainly instagram is is where is where we're at uh which is awesome and scary i know a lot of breweries have been losing their accounts lately yeah. to instagram um and nobody seems to know the right answer to how to get it fixed we've tried a couple of things and we can tell you that right off the bat i can tell you prices are a no-no do not include prices if any other breweries are listening do not include prices instagram loves flagging that (laughs) so even if you're a professional account and everything like that i'd stray away from that there's some other tips and tricks where we're trying out um but yeah i saw some like good friends of ours bottle logic they lost theirs for a while had to get it back in print. Yeah. Um, I mean, you you name it. This is happening to everybody. Like it's 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 crazy how they can't get this under Didn't control. Aslan? And I think forget, Aslan just lost theirs Aslan, too. Aslan, yep. For and forget trying to reach them. No, 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 no. I mean, I know that does not. Happen. I know breweries that have had like gotten lawyers involved in it and oh, yeah. still get nowhere. I mean, well, so many of us are dependent 
on this social media following that we've we built and we built ours i will say with pride uh from from scratch from nothing and we're almost to 37,000 now yeah. uh which is i consider a really big deal because when you when you don't pay for any of the instant you know when you don't pay to have these services bump your numbers yeah. up and there's some some people do that and we're very organic the way that we've done it um so i i, I would hate to have to lo- to lose that lose our our platform to speak on so i they really need to get this under control like it's crazy i didn't see this when you first posted it i love that the um the i assure you were open <laughs> photo oh, yeah we're big james yeah. Conn and bob fans uh, oh, I'm a, i love love kevin smith. love absolutely kevin's there, like there's three nice i have right here riveting audio as we both show off our <laughs> oh that's fantastic <laughs> show, i love show it off our kevin this smith we both have kevin smith pops that's that's freaking <laughs> funny man that's really funny yeah i'm uh yeah i absolutely love uh everything that man has ever done <laughs> Uh, yeah, we um we try to get in contact with Moby's uh, or Mo- Moby Moby's Moby um, because they started doing these cool pop ups. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I try to reach out to these guys because we do a beer called Venus Brody's, which is based on the uh, caramel chocolate pretzel handshake there. I've... We didn't want to call it what Brody called it in in Mallrats, I've, um, but I've I've often I've I've done a lot of collabs with different breweries, and that was like sitting in the back of my mind was always to do. It, but like, um, my name for it though was say, would you like a chocolate covered pretzel? <laughs> oh, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, yeah, we went a little bit more obscure, yeah. but we went we went Venus Brody's. We're actually brewing that one like within the next week or two um, again, because we just love it so much. We use real pretzels that we get in. Uh, the salt comes really good, good in there. Uh, caramel, chocolate, and it's done. Uh, the base is a milk stout. So it's a little bit lower ABV, but a ton of fun to drink, and it comes over well. Uh, the salt sort of balances that that sweet, and the, the flavors play super well together. So I wanted to like just ship, ship them a case out to California, uh-huh. But they never got back oh. to us on Instagram or anything. I hounded them for like a couple of weeks at least. Uh, and um, uh, well, I'll try again. I'm going to try again. I would try con- like contacting Kevin Smith through social media instead of movie. Maybe that's the way to go. he seems to be responsive. I've So a few years ago, I dressed as him as Halloween at work. At, for Halloween at work, I wore the fat man um the, oh, yeah. the hockey jersey i went to a oh it's such a, it's i went great. to a barber shop with a photo of him i was like i want my beard to look like this and um oh, <laughs> and someone one of my coworkers uh took a photo of me and tweeted it at him and he retweeted it and like oh, my coworker's uh phone was unusable for the rest of the day like he couldn't even get into it to turn off the twitter notifications Holy like the notifications cow. were just showing up so quickly from people liking it and retweeting it <laughs> wow wow yeah maybe we will man maybe that's the better way to go uh hit him up and and try it that way uh then before you know it i'll have to we'll have to be doing like 20 barrel batches yeah. of Venus 
supply all the all the all those guys out I just, there. Uh, I just rewatched Reboot um, over the weekend. Oh, nice, nice. I'm excited for Clerks Three. Me man. too. I'm excited. I, uh, like I said, I love everything he has ever made. Have you ever heard his story about making the documentary for Prince? Absolutely. Like that that's one of my favorite stories Absolutely. ever. And anyone it's it's pretty amazing. People, just pretty Google amazing. that, anyone who wants to hear it, because it's a hilarious story. <laughs> All right. I um took us off the rails looking for my pop Funko. Yeah, um so July second, keep an eye on your social media for when tickets go on sale. Yep. Um I assume when they're on sale, you'll have the brewery list of who's going. Yeah, correct. Um, Anything else we want to talk about? Uh, Nope. Tap room towards the end of the year. Keep focused on that. We'll make an announcement as soon as um, basically as soon as we sign that paperwork. We have another very small project that we're going to be dabbling our fingers in. There's a a local bar uh, called the Richmond um, that we're hopefully going to be knock on wood taking over shortly. Um, and my wife and I have some really fun ideas for beer cocktails that we've been ex- experimenting with. We really enjoy doing that. Um, this place says amazing pizza, amazing wings. Like it's in Rochester city proper. And we're going to just basically own those draft lines and just take them over completely with our stuff and give people in the city a chance to a chance to enjoy the beer come in try beer cocktails like we've done some really crazy stuff that should not work uh one of them is called a velvet midnight or i think it's called it where it's like half pastry stout half prosecco or champagne and you think that (laughs) i wanted to hate this thing so freaking much but then i drank it and i'm like oh my god the extra carbonation from the champagne enhances all the adjuncts completely it's it blew my mind that one and we did another one that was really impressive it's turning a double ipa into a margarita oh my gosh these flavors go so good together all those bright juicy hop flavors mixed with the tequila and you know the lime and a little bit of salt oh my it's so good. <laughs> so we're, we're doing, having a lot of fun with that and stay on the lookout for that. Too. Nice. Uh, well, thank you so much for your time. I absolutely love your uh, beers. Um, and thanks. Man. Uh, I'm going to talk to my wife and let maybe make her dreams come true of a Niagara Falls trip this <laughs> summer. Uh, well, so you keep me posted, I man. And I will, I will make sure to take care of your tickets. For thank that. you very much. And uh, thank you, you everyone it. for listening. Cheers. The Uncapped Podcast is produced by Graham Cullen and me, Chris Sands. Be sure to like us on Facebook, and if you've enjoyed these podcasts, please leave us a review on Google Play or the iTunes Store. A special thanks to Double Motorcycle for providing our theme music. Thanks for listening. Oh my God, that's good.